0: yo what is going on everyone my name is nick or the notorious fantasy and in today's video we're going in depth into my week number 13 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 2023- Fantasy football season. We're gonna be going over every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way up until Monday night football, and I'll be telling you guys what I think you should start or sit the quarterbacks in all of those games. But before we could get on into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at notorious So without further ado, let's get into my week number 13 quarterback start or state decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, in this game, Dak Prescott, to me, feels like a must-start quarterback. Dak sliced the Commander's defense up like they were the Thanksgiving turkey on Thanksgiving last week. 22 completions on 32 attempts for 331 yards, and not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns in that game as the quarterback. Number three, which marks five of his last six games, Dak Prescott has been a top- Three quarterback. Dak Prescott is a sneaky MVP Dark Horse candidate, and this week I think he could easily do that again up against the Seattle Seahawks. Dak Prescott is now in the must-start Category. I mean, if you're ripping off five of the last six games inside the top three at the quarterback position, people need to start throwing a lot more respect onto the name of Dak Prescott. This offense, in terms of the passing attack, looks way better ever since they came out the bye week. CeeDee Lamb has been playing unreal. Dak Prescott's been playing out of his mind. So up against the Seattle Seahawks defense, you definitely want to start Dak Prescott. Now, Geno last week looked very Every single throw looked like some ass in the club because it was shaking, right? It was wobbling coming out of his hand. This week, I am very unsure on how healthy Geno Smith will actually look. Now, they might say, oh, he's going to be good to go, this, that, and the other thing. And then he goes out there and starts throwing ducks, right? So, for me, I think there's a lot of risk with Geno Smith this week, especially considering that the Dallas Cowboys offense... And defense are so good, this game could end up being a blowout. Geno Smith, to me, needs to be on the bench. Next up, we move to the Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Titans, the Tennessee Titans, to begin the Sunday slate. Now, Will Levis, while this is a solid matchup for him, right? The Titans' defense is soft as baby shit. For Mayo Man Levis, I simply just do not trust him. Ever since having that huge game up against the Atlanta Falcons... He has finished outside of the top 20 quarterbacks every single week. Now, sometimes I'm willing to take that shot in the dark at a quarterback that I don't really think is all that great due to the matchup. But even in this spot, like with a matchup that I like up against the Colts defense, I just can't do it because there's a chance that Henry just gets three touchdowns or two touchdowns and Levis is left with either zero or one, and he just ends up not having all that great of a game. Like, Levis has not earned my trust just yet. I don't think he's some schlub quarterback, right? I think maybe in due time, he figures it out. But with this Titans team around him, I would rather just bench Will Levis. Gardner Minshew last week up against the Buccaneers, Gardner played solid. Not a huge game, but he still had over 250 passing yards with the touchdown and an INT. This week, he faces what is one of the nut low defenses in the NFL. The Tennessee Titans defense is incredibly bad, and I think he should finish in the quarterback 12 to 16 range, which would make Gardner Minshew a start. Next up, we move to the LA Chargers at the New England Patriots. Now, as As of right now, we have zero idea who the starting quarterback of the Patriots is. Regardless, whichever one of these bums ends up starting, as Conor McGregor would say, you'll do fucking nothing, right? They're not going to do anything, okay? Regardless of which quarterback starts, they may be getting tugged out of the game like Robert Kraft in a massage parlor or the other guy at any point in the game, right? Mac could start and then in after the first quarter they tug him out, Deshaun Watson style, right? And then Bailey's playing. Or maybe Bailey Zappi starts playing, the Zappaneta, and then they bench Zappi for Mac Jones, right? This is not a safe quarterback room. This is an offense that is absolutely terrible. So Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, they need to be sat. Justin Herbert, the pervert, played pretty bad against the Ravens last week in prime time, going 29 of 44 for 217 yards with four carries for 47 yards and a touchdown with one I-N-T. While I shit on him for some bad throws basically every single week like you remember that game against the Jets where Keenan Allen is literally wide open. There is no one within a three-mile radius of the bastard, and he just sails it over his head, right? There are bad throws, and he's choked away some games this season, and again, I like making fun of Justin Herbert, the pervert, but he has still been one of the most reliable quarterbacks every single week, week in and week out. Against the Patriots' defense, I expect... At minimum, him to be a top eight quarterback. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times against the Packers on Thanksgiving. It was almost shocking how often it was happening, how many turnovers were happening, because outside of the last two games, Goff has been relatively safe with the ball in his hands all season, right? He wasn't making a lot of egregious decisions. The offensive line's really good, so he wasn't really getting sacked a whole bunch. So he's standing there delivering dimes to Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta, and it was just kind of shocking. To see in a game where everyone and their mother thinks the Lions are going to bend the Packers over a table, that Jared Goff had that disastrous of a performance. Now, I do not believe this trend of being a turnover machine will continue this week, but it is something that I am definitely slightly worried about. I think anyone that has watched Jared Goff's last two games at least would be slightly worried. Again, it's not Defcon 1 Mayday, wee-woo-wee-woo, full-on panic mode, right? It's not fucking crawl into your basement and you have to start eating like non-perishable foods or something like the world's coming to the end here for Jared Goff but right now I do not really trust Jared Goff as much now again I'm not full-on panicking but I am at least slightly worried even with all of the fumbles though against the Packers He was still the quarterback 11 this week against the Saints. I see him as a low end quarterback one somewhere from quarterback 10 to 12 is where I see him finishing the Saints defense doesn't really scare me a whole bunch. So the golfinator should be just fine. Again, slight worried, not full on panic. But it is something that's, like, in the back of my head when I'm thinking about Jared Goff this week. I'm like, oh, hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over as much. Speaking of turn the ball over, we got Derek Carr. Derek Carr has gone two straight weeks without throwing a touchdown. Now, I know, Nick, uh, if you actually look in week 10, he got hurt against the Vikings, so uh, that shouldn't count. Well, it's still a little bit concerning because it's not like he from play one was out of the game, right? Carr is another one of those quarterbacks, just like Justin Herbert. That is a punching bag for me, right? He's very easy to make fun of, especially earlier on in the season. There's a lot of Saints fans talking up Derek Carr, giving him the gawk gawk 9,000 special. And then he goes out there and just looks like dog shit. Recently, he's kind of turned it around. But then over the last two games, like I said, no tugs, no touchdowns for him. With all that said, though, against a Lions defense that gets ran through more than a $30 hoa, Carr should finish in the quarterback 16-18 range. Now, he's not a guy that I'm overwhelmingly excited to start by any means, but there are a whole lot of worse options than Derek Carr up against a pretty suspect Lions defense. Speaking of bad options, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jumbo Jets. Now, the Jets did just activate Rodgers onto the 21-day practice window. Do I think Aaron Rodgers is actually going to come back? No. Aaron Rodgers is on a Jets team that if they lose to the Falcons, the season is over. The season is basically already over. But a loss to the Falcons will be a nail into the coffin regardless on if Rodgers comes back or not. I do give him a lot of respect, right? I think. I read today when that news came out that it was just 78 days ago that he tore his Achilles, so crazy that he was able to even practice in itself is crazy. I don't think he's going to actually return this season, but we're talking about the Jets, right? So we got to at least bring him up. Speaking of the Jets, Tim Boyle is getting the nod to start again this week for the Jets. I know that at the end of the day, in a couple of minutes, maybe even seconds here, because we're not going to spend eight hours breaking down Tim Boyle, I'm probably going to shit all over Desmond Ritter. But if we're being honest, we compare Ritter to Boyle. There are levels to this thing. Timmy B is so bad. If he wasn't friends with Aaron Rodgers, he'd be flipping burgers at fucking Burger King. There is no way that you can start him, even if you think the Falcons' defense is just okay. You're not starting Tim Boyle. Desmond Ritter was named the starter coming out the bye week last week against the Saints, and as per usual, he fucking sucks, right? And again, against a stout Jets defense. I didn't have to tell you that. You already knew that. The Jets have a great defense. I expect him to be bad again, so maybe the Jets win this. Maybe they they win their next game, and then yippee, right? Rodgers can come back, but... I don't really think that will be the case. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far and you are new to the channel, make sure you smash that subscribe button like it owes you money. And whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So the Steelers versus the Cardinals. We'll start with Kenny Pickett. Now, I would rather genuinely drag my balls through a mile long thing of glass than start Kenny Pickett. But if there was ever a game to revive Kenny Pickett, to put Kenny Pickett in a solid situation. It would be up against the Arizona Cardinals defense. Kenny has gone 3 straight weeks without a touchdown. But, and this is a big but, shout out to Mia Malkova. He did honestly look solid last week after the firing of Matt Ocarina, throwing for his highest amount of yards this season. Now again, he didn't throw a touchdown, didn't run in a touchdown. But hey, Things are starting to look a little bit promising for jolly old Pickett here. Again, I don't trust Pickett. You know, if young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. I don't trust Kenny Pickett. But with all the teams on by, I am willing to give him a chance. In March Madness, you know when they say like last four in? You know, like the, the kind of shitty teams that just barely get in, just the tip? Kenny Pickett is a last four in. He's the last guy in Again, I don't want to start him. I'd rather get tortured at Guantanamo Bay than play this bastard, but some people might be stuck playing him because, again, there are six teams on by. Kyler played solid against the Rams last week, marking two weeks in a row as a top 10 quarterback for the short king, Kyler Murray. The Steelers' matchup is, though, very concerning. For Kyler, as the Steelers' defense pressures the quarterback very, very quickly, and knowing the Cardinals' offensive line is pretty, you know, that isn't fantastic for Kyler. At the end of the day, we are dealing with so many quarterbacks on by, kind of like I just talked about. If there weren't so many teams on by, though, Kyler would be ranked out of the top 12 due to the matchup. But because of all the guys on by, he has to be ranked inside the top 12. Regardless, I think he's going to end up being fine, but I'm definitely not excited to start him. Next up, we move to a matchup between the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders. Now, when it comes to the Washington Commanders, Sam Howell, I know that the Cowboys walked the Commanders like a dog last week on Thanksgiving, but Howell still passed for 300 yards, shout out Leonidas, with 13 rushing yards and one touchdown with an INT. I think against the Dolphins' defense, Sam Howell is going to struggle. Why? Why? because the Dolphins' defense continues to get better and better every single week. I think the loss of Jalen Phillips is going to be greatly felt, but against a team like the Commanders, I don't think it will matter as much. The Dolphins got firework extraordinaire j now on the team, so that's great for the Dolphins. So I think Howell's going to be dealing with a lot of— he's going to be under pressure in this game. Howell is a guy that gets sacked at a very high rate, so that is very, very concerning. So, I think Hal will still somehow fall ass backwards into a top 12 quarterback finish due to the Dolphins just steamrolling them. And then later on in the game, he's going to get some garbage time points. Now, this definitely feels like a much scarier start. Like last week, I was scared. I was shivering me timbers. I'm scared this week. Normally, even in tougher matchups, I still kind of like Howell, but I do worry against this Dolphins defense that, again, has done, like, a complete 180 this season. The Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. A very fun game up next. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, played about as well as you could last week up against the Browns defense. I am someone that definitely does give the sucky-sucky, the gawk-gawk 9,000 to the Browns defense because they are putting the team on their back. Darren Sharper, hold my dick! for the Browns, because the offense is just terrible, with 13 completions on 22 attempts for 134 yards, as well as 11 rushes for 34 yards with two touchdowns and zero INTs. Going against the Texans' defense, it might be a sneaky, high-scoring game. Like, if the Broncos' defense doesn't play as well, if CJ Stroud's giving them back shots all game long, I think Russ could go toe-for-toe with the Texans defense, and he could finish as a top six top eight quarterback now I got him in the 10 to 14 range which again you're not infatuated with Russell Wilson this week but there are a lot worse starts than him CJ Stroud was the quarterback for last week up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game they definitely could have won passed for over 300 yards with 47 rushing yards and a grand total of three touchdowns Stroud has been downright surgical this season and as we get deeper and deeper into the season Even with the Broncos defense being as good as they are, I think Shroud, Shroud? Isn't that a guy that plays like fucking PUBG or something on Twitch back in the day? I still think Shroud should be a lock to be a top eight quarterback. And there is a legitimate argument to be made that with how weird the quarterback race is this season, I know I think Jalen Hurts is going to end up winning because he's a tush push merchant, but... There's a chance, now again, I'm not saying that he's guaranteed to win like Dak could win, but there's a chance that Stroud could end up eating that W and winning the MVP, especially if the Texans make the playoffs, which I don't think anyone in their right mind would have expected. D'Amico Ryan's really righted the ship here. I am firing Stroud up with confidence against the Broncos, even though, oh my god, the Broncos' defense is so good! I'm not as scared as I think a lot of y'all are. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we break this game down to the quarterback position, as well as the rest of the games, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today. But first, I want to explain to you guys how Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em game works. Now, we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. And as of right now, as I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, Underdog hasn't put out all of their picks yet. So, as the week goes on and we get closer to Thursday, there will be a lot more choices for you guys. But you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams sort of pick one player from the Seahawks and one from the Cowboys want to go ahead and go with Jason Myers higher than one and a half field goals made I think the Seahawks offense is going to struggle to move the ball but I think they'll be able to get into field goal range a bunch but maybe just not able to find pay dirt and score that touchdown And then for the Cowboys, we are going to go ahead and go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. It really feels like Tony Pollard's season is back on the train track, so we're gonna go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing touchdown. Now, both of those hit. We'll get three times our entry fee. If we do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times our entry fee. Again, they all have to hit in order for you to get paid out. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now, you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 if you're new on there and use promo code Notorious. So if you deposit 100, you'll get additional 100. If you do 50, it's additional 50. 25, additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. Panthers at Bucks. A rivalry matchup this week. If you guys have enjoyed the video thus far again, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. It does really help me out. Make sure you guys hit that like button as well. Baker Mayfield got banged up last week and returned to action shortly after against the Colts. He played pretty uh, just eh, in that game. You know, nothing special. But... What I will tell you is that Baker should play better here up against a pretty bad Panthers defense. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and give the gawk gawk 9,000 special to Baker, but I think at the very least against the Panthers defense, he should be at least a top 16 quarterback. Again, you can say what you want about Baker, but I do definitely think he is greatly outperformed most people's expectations on him because there was a lot of people, like, entering into the season that thought Baker was just straight-up finished, that he wasn't going to be able to do anything the rest of his career. Now, maybe he won't be a starter ever again. He's just going to be a backup. But, you know, got to give Baker at least some flowers again. We don't have to, like, fucking sit here and lie and be like, oh, my God, Baker's like a top-five quarterback in the NFL, right? But he definitely deserves this role as the starter in the Bucks. And, again, there's so many shit quarterbacks in the NFL this year that, like, Baker could like if Baker was the quarterback of the Steelers imagine how much better the the Steelers would be. Bryce Young has been a disaster in his rookie year. I say this every week and I apologize if you've heard this already, but while he has sucked absolute donkey cock, shout out to Shrek, the organization as a whole is to kind of blame in in my opinion and Young is also a rookie, so I wouldn't label him as a bust after he's played just 10 games cuz he's had a bye week and missed a week. While I say all that, you obviously are sitting his ass this week on the bench, but I think people are honestly being disrespectful, just labeling this guy a bust 10 games into his career. On the fucking Panthers, right? Come on. Come on. Next up, we move to the Browns at the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, I know Stafford turned back the clock last week against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona with four touchdowns and one INT, but against the Browns, I expect Matty Snapback to come crashing down to earth. This is a guy that prior to last week had only thrown for one or more more than one touchdown, I would say, in one game. You know, so two games this season, he's thrown for more than one touchdown. I think Stafford against the Cleveland Browns, people are going to try to talk themselves into him because, oh, my God, he looks so great against the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense is down here. They're below the screen, right? They're sitting on my lap. Pause. The Browns' defense is on, out of the screen, right? But all the way up top. They're amazing. So I think Stafford's going to struggle. P.J. Walker, I think Walker will end up starting since DTR got lit up like a Christmas tree against the Broncos. I hope he's okay. Obviously, I'm not some asshole that roots for injuries, and I don't like to see any player get hurt. With that said, even with Walker was starting for the team, like when he was the quarterback of the team, he did enough to, you know, keep the Browns in a game, right, by not throwing a million picks and handing the rock off effectively, but not really... Him as to why they're winning, right? It's more on the defense and the running backs, right? So that's not good enough for you to start him. He has thrown one touchdown this season to five INTs. So he's a very clear sit. And if DTR plays, you're obviously going to sit him as well. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The game of the week on paper. Big cock Brock looked like micro cock Brock on Thanksgiving in Seattle, passing for. Just over 200 yards with 209, with one tug and one INT. This week, though, they won't just run the ball a million times. They won't be just dancing on the grave of the Seahawks. You know, this is going to be a very competitive matchup between two of the top three, top five teams in the league, at the very least, the two best teams in the NFC. Clearly, the Eagles secondary is softer than a pair of natural double D tatas. So I expect Brock to be, at the very least, A top eight quarterback this week, Jalen Hurts. Now, this matchup is looking grim like the Reaper, but you would have to be smoking on what Shaggy was smoking on in the Scooby-Doo movie if you've never seen the Scooby-Doo movie the live-action one where it's not like a cartoon I watched it when I was younger I'm gonna be honest with you, I guess I was dumb when I was like 7 or 8 when I was watching that because I had no idea that Shaggy was smoking on those fucking eating those Scooby snacks and rolling off a bean but he was high as fuck I don't know how old you guys are maybe you're my age, you watched when you were a kid watch like a clip from it, watch the clip when they are on the plane. Or there's one where they're in the uh the van, whatever the fuck the van is called, that I, I know I'm gonna remember after the video. And there's gonna be people in the comments like, Nick, how do you not fucking remember what the fuck the van was called, you dumb fuck? You're right, there's gonna be there's gonna be some Scooby fans in the comment section. Or <laughs> Alright, sorry. But uh yeah, so you'd have to be absolutely crazy, loco, you know, to sit hertz He's a must-start quarterback every single week and has only had one game this season outside the top 12 And that was back in week one against the Patriots where he was the quarterback 19 last week the man threw Five touchdowns not one not two not three not four but five against the bills and to be honest with you We well, didn't throw five touchdowns he scored five total touchdowns It wasn't even an impressive game from Hertz, and he still had five fucking touchdowns this week you're obviously going to start him. Next up, we move to, cause you waited all day for Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love has ditched his turnover kink over the last two games with five touchdowns and zero interceptions. Last week against Detroit, he threw for over 250 yards and three touchdowns as the quarterback five. Now I get the Chiefs defense is not the Chiefs defense of the past that was getting passed around, getting dicked down weekly. The Chiefs defense is tough, but honestly, I think this game could be competitive. I think Love could keep them in this game, and I think Love could finish in the quarterback 10 to 14 range with some decent upside again if this does become a tit-for-tat high-score and rock back-and-forth affair. Patty Mahomes. Now, I don't want to sound crazy, and I know there's going to be people like, Nick, this is a fucking idiotic take, but I'm just going to say it. Mahomes has been above average this season, right? Mahomes hasn't been the super Mahomes that we're used to. Now again, he is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And again, the quarterbacks of the NFL this year have just been shit. There's so many bad quarterbacks. There's so many games that you watch, and you're like, what is this motherfucker doing? Right? There's so many bad quarterbacks this year. And he is obviously a cut above those guys. But I really feel like Mahomes has just looked more pedestrian this season than ever. Now again, this isn't to shit all over Mahomes, give him a nice Cleveland steamer, right? Because most teams suck and would suck a bobsled crew worth a cock, like a mile long of cock, just to fucking have Mahomes. I get it. But he has definitely been underwhelming this season. Like, you drafted him as a top three guy. Some people had him ranked as the QB one on the season. I believe he was number three ranked behind I had Hurts, Allen, then Mahomes. So he's been underwhelming. Again, does he suck? Is he terrible? Of course not. And you can blame the receivers and all, but Mahomes has been a little bit underwhelming. Regardless of all of what I just said, against the Packers, if the Packers can keep up in this one on Sunday night, this can bury, very, very—I said Barry—this could very well be a high-scoring back-and-forth affair. And you have to start Mahomes every single week, regardless. Final game here: the Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football. Jake Browning actually isn't as bad as I thought he would be, so I'll give Jake Browning some credit, right? He's way better than I assumed he would be. Now again, I assumed, and sometimes an assumption makes an ass out of you and me as they say, I assumed he was going to be terrible. Like, I assumed he was going to be nut low. He is not as bad as I thought he would be, like he's better than Tim Boyle. But, against the Jags defense, I would definitely stay away. T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, touchdown Jesus, has looked like the guy we thought he would be coming out of Clemson over the last two weeks. In Houston last week, he had over 350 passing yards with two tugs and one INT. This week, he does face a stronger Bengals defense, but they're also not world beaters by any means, like the 85 Bears or the early 2000 Ravens defense. I think Lawrence should easily finish inside the top eight this week with top three upside. So T-Law. Trevor Lawrence is a must-start. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did have been enjoying the, today's video and you haven't already hit that subscribe button, make sure you smash that subscribe button like your Hulk. Make sure you guys leave a like on today's video whether you are new to the channel or not. And, oh, pointed the wrong way because, again, the camera's fucking reversed. Make sure that you guys uh, check out one of the videos that are on your screen right now. I love you guys all so much. Thank you guys for all the support this season. Let's eat a W this week. Love you guys, as always. Good boy.